Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. Yes, here we are. Hyphenate halftime. Episode two. Uh, this time we are back with my very own multi-hyphenated co-host, Mr. Aaron Farley, who is a uh, photographer primarily, but has, um, you know, hyphenated it up all over the place. He's a filmmaker, graphic designer, um, you know, guitarist. Uh, what else? I think he had, he had a short-lived skateboard company. Maybe it's still going, but a man of many talents, also a uh, entrepreneur of um, what do you call his paver stones with his wife. He's a uh, he's a super talent, and um, here we are on our second hyphenate halftime. This time discussing the very talented uh, Mr. Ray Barbie. So let's go now to my conversation with Aaron Farley discussing last week's episode about Ray Barbie. And hopefully we will hear from you soon and read some emails and talk about it. Please uh, reach out to us. We will get an email address up soon. And uh, thank you so much. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Hyphenate Halftime Show with uh, Randy Randall and Aaron Farley. Aaron, how you doing, my friend, man? My, okay. my friend, man. My friend, man. My friend, my friend, my friend, my man, my friend, my man, friend. Hey, man. Yes. Hey. Um, what's going on? What's new with you? Um, just had to get rid of the uh, blue jay squawking in the backyard, which is a success. Well, now we're ready to go. Sound is good. Good job. Good job. So uh, we um, we just heard the uh, Ray Barbie the interview I did uh, last week. What what was your thoughts? What do you think? What do you know about Ray? What was your first exposure to Ray? Oh man! Um, so this interview was so good, and I know. I mean, I know Ray from skateboarding, obviously for years, and I don't know that much about his music. Um, and then I know his photography. So to hear his. Um, to hear his like creative process of all of those things and how they all really are the same process of, of just personally um, always striving to get better and striving to at whatever creative pursuit you're a part of, but then also creating, I loved when he talked about skateboarding and art and music as language to communicate to whoever's listening to it or just maybe even just to communicate something to your friends or like the fact that getting better at skateboarding is actually a way to like communicate to your other friends who are also skateboarders to push them or or that they can use that as like oh my god I didn't know you could do that 
now I'm going to try to do this other thing. I love that, that everything that he talked about had that kind of like, everything you're doing is for, is to, is to uh, inform the next thing you're going to do. And, and it's all of this, like, to keep everything going and, and to get a good group of people around you that are doing those things and everybody can inspire everybody. That was great. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's such an inspiring person. I mean, I've been a fan of his for so long. I remember, you know, he was kind of in that interesting sort of um, phase between, I mean, really, you know, came with the 80s and Pal Peralta yeah. and, uh, you know, Ban This. And, um, you know, but, but he was on the young side of that, you know, he was kind of the yeah. younger person and then, and then kind of moving into this, then the street world in the nineties kind of street skating, but it was, but he didn't sort of go with then the, like into the early two thousands with like the Baker, you know, Andrew Reynolds, Jim Greco yeah. kind of world, but it was at that point then kind of shifted more into music and it's kind of real soulful sort of tropicali, um, sort of inspired sort of music scene that was sort of happening somewhere yeah. around that time. But it was, but he always just seemed like it was just such like pure intentions or something, or you know, or just things that were just like this totally makes sense for him. And I think it was always inspiring yeah. to me. I think in that kind of, or also just demonstrating the diversity of like what skate culture could be. I think I, I kind of put him up there with like Mark Gonzalez, Ed Templeton, you know, as sort of these like hyper creative um, individuals who also happen. Yeah, to, Chris you know, Pastras. Right. Yeah. Chris, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who were you know super creative on boards and off boards and sort of seemed like their life was a continual a continuum of creative sort of decisions and actions. Yeah. Well, I think that's, what's so interesting about skateboarding because even, even that, like when he's talking about that, like I was, um, a kid during bones brigade and all of that. That's when I started along with everybody else who <laughs> grew up in some small town somewhere. And then I kind of missed the like 90 to 93, I didn't really skate and I didn't really like when everything was starting to change from from old school big boards to like popsicle sticks. I kind of missed those couple two or three years and then I started skating again when I went to college. So it's like 93, 94 and then kind of kept up with it from there. So I missed that that whole era when he was talking about Lance Mountain, when he was talking about everybody leaving Powell. I didn't know any of those stories. Like I didn't know I didn't even know Lance Mountain started the firm. I had no idea. And so so even that I was like, oh whoa, I want to hear more about this. This is this is like very cool and weird and what a weird time to be a part of skateboarding and being one of the young people and going and him him even talking about how cool it was that <clears throat> all these people who ended up being good at business started businesses so these skateboarders and artists could have careers. I thought that was such an interesting way to look at it. I was like, when he was talking about vans, or he's like, these pe these places exist, and now we can all work because these people created this this business around um, this super interesting kind of creative culture, and uh, and then you just have to find your place, like within that those little hubs. And, and see if you can make that your job or your career or your living. Yeah. Which is totally interesting. Cause I think it's definitely something I, I know I take for granted kind of growing up in Southern California, that there was always this industry of sort of action sports or whatever it was sort of, yeah. you know, called, but it was like anything on a board, you know, surfboard, skateboard, snowboard, um, 
it, it just always seemed like, oh yeah, there's always a, a like an industry around that. But if you look at it on, from a more broad sort of macro view, it's like, you know, the same, it's, you know, there's not a, there, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I mean, there's not like a pool playing, you know what I mean? Or like snooker yeah. or, you know, these other types of, you know, hobbies or activities or, you know, roller skating to, to that degree that it was sort of indemnified as a cultural sort of thing coming out of the sixties into the seventies. I think when sort of teen culture was seen as profitable, you know, and sort of yeah. capitalized on and mutated. Well, and also I think, uh, skateboarding and surfing to a certain extent, but I think skateboarding probably is the most creative sport where you, because you're not, you're not going for points. It's not like football where it's like you get a touchdown or even soccer, you get a goal and you can kind of be creative how you get there, but there's this kind of end goal always in these other sports. And skateboarding was like, no, there's no goal. <laughs> You're supposed to get better. And the goal is to be cool. The goal is to be right, style. Like right. the goal is to be an individual and have your own style and then your individuality and your style then will be like, oh, maybe you'll get a board because of that because kids want to look up to you and be like you, but not because you're like everybody else, but because you're you. And I think that that's a really interesting thing. I think that's why so many artists and musicians come out of skating is because that's the same way with the art and music, music. And it's all about like, well, where do I fit in here and how am I going to contribute? And like... Like, how do I contribute? Even if it's a little tiny slice, like maybe I'm good at business and I know how to run a gallery. So I'm going to, that's how I contribute. Or maybe I am really good at mixing colors and I mix colors for people. You know, it's like, there's all these weird little, you know, and, and skateboarding is definitely like that. It's like how many skateboarders also do graphics or, you know, you're promoting. So you learn how to shoot video and then they become videographers and they become DPs and then, they become editors or, you know, I mean, or you're like, I mean, that's Spike Jones to a, to a T, you know, it was like a kid who grew up shooting photos of BMX and then in, ends up becoming one of the biggest directors. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. But it's that kind of that world that sort of promotes individuality. I think where right. it's not like, um, if you know, if you're playing on a, be <clears throat> on a baseball team, <clears throat> you know, that some, somehow the way you hit the ball is going to, you know, it's either yeah. you hit it and you make the point or you hit it and you don't make the point. It's not, if, yeah. if you hit that ball really far, but you don't quite get the home run every time, there's no celebration for yeah. you and that for the attempt or for the type of style you have and swinging the bat and, and, yeah. or your choice in clothes or, you know, literally you have to, <laughs> your personality you're, doesn't, you're matter. wearing the same thing. Yeah. yeah there's a uniform, yeah, right. there's a specific, you know, conscripted uniform but i think but something closer than to music yeah where it's like oh cool like i play the guitar but i play it a little different or i play it you know the, yeah. in a certain way that's different i wear my hat and i wear my hair different wear a hat i got a big top hat yeah. and uh some snakeskin boots and now there you go now you got a personality and and that's a band or that's a thing that you could sell records around it's like the, the way, how do you create an industry around um individuality right that's sort of well, similar yeah and idea and you get shit if you do sound like someone else or skate like someone else or right. do the trick. I mean, that was the, always the hardest thing with skateboarding for me that I didn't even really realize until later, but that how specific, like if you're a skate photographer, you have to know every trick <clears throat> that was done, Oh God. where, 
by who. So if you go to a spot that's like a six stair with a rail, you know, like, well, so-and-so already did a backside 5-0 down this, and this person did a switch nollie heel flip. You know, whatever, you have to know. And I'm like, okay, what, what are you going to do? Uh, how do you How do I bring my own, like, creative thing to this? And then yeah. will it be accepted by the greater community? Or will I be made fun of? Or And, that, like... That's the part that probably sucks sometimes <laughs> for people, <laughs> but it's also the part that you have to get through because like, yeah, no, that's, it's actually the point is that you have to contribute something. And if you're not contributing something, you kind of end up getting clowned. Right. And well, then if you can't deal with that, then people are like, eh, go come back when you can, when you can deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I think at that level, it's you know, it feels like it's it's like a conversation or a dialogue with the culture, with the history or the tradition right. or the thing, and right. you know, I think there's always people, you know, who are kind of seen as the cutting edge. But there's a fine line between cutting edge and clown school, you know. So yeah. like, how how far advanced are you going to go? And I think like all yeah. cultures, I think skateboarding has definitely gotten more hyper niche in that sort of world. Yeah. There's not there's no monoculture even in skateboarding. You know, I mean, there's always been kind of a few camps, but I feel like it's splintered even to even more sort of things, which just reflects, you know, culture in general. But, well, and I think know. it's cool too, like even seeing uh, or listening to Ray talk about it and being like also stepping back and going, well, I'm just going to be me. So then I, I'm not going to actually worry about like who did what or whatever. Like I'm actually just now myself and I'm going to, skateboarding is my creative expression. And I think that that's also the other side where if you're getting shit for doing the wrong trick or whatever, and you just go, Oh yeah, I don't care. <laughs> that's also the other option yeah. where people are like, Oh wait, you don't care. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to be me. I'm trying to push myself. Like when he was talking about, um, being at a spot and like cheering someone on who was not a very good skater, but they were doing something that they were pushing themselves for what their own ability was, they were doing rad. And then, and him being like, yeah, it's all about your personal, like, what do you, what do you personally, if you can't do a kickflip and then you finally do a kickflip, that's like the best thing ever. And it has yeah. nothing to do with if the other 10 guys have been doing kickflips for 10 years. Well, it's like totally irre irrelevant. It's like, no, 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 you finally did one. And this is like, this is your day, you know? I think totally. that's rad. Totally. Yeah. No, I think then that sort of like goes across, you know, the sort of thing too, with even with like with music or bands, you know what I mean? I think we've all been there where we see a band who's or made up of people who maybe don't, haven't played a long time or aren't particularly good at their instruments, but you can yeah. tell they're really trying or there's a lot of passion there. And there's something yeah. really compelling about that, about somebody really giving it their all with it, with whatever level of proficiency they may have yep. in, in that, in that skill set. You know what I mean? There's a band that I've, I've, cheered those bands on and I'd rather see that any day than that, you know, somebody really bored and just kind of going through their scales and sort of sh shredding in their own kind of, you know, way, but if they don't care, if they're not passionate about yeah. it, there's something that I think is just in, in endearing, you know, to anybody who's really going, giving it their all in, in music or in skating or in anything, you know, when someone's really trying, you can, you can, you can feel it. Yeah. Super no, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think with, uh, with Ray, him, him, um, I just loved how he went back and forth. Like he did photography because of skateboarding, because he was like, this is so rad. 
why am I not documenting this? Like noticing that also of like, people are going to want to see this 10 years from now, or I'm going to want to see this, you know, I'm going to want to remember these times or whatever. And just having that kind of creative spark to do that. I mean, that's what got me to LA. It was, I was taking photo classes in college and then, um, I met Travis Keller who was in Idaho and him and his friends had this skate crew and they were making videos and they were, um, like they were editing them at the college and then, um, and they actually would send them into Thrasher and stuff and get, they'd get reviews and stuff, which is rad. They were really good skaters. But I went one day and was like, Hey, can I take some photos of you guys? And like, yeah, sure. And I took some photos for one of my classes and then came back and gave him prints. And then three years later, I was moving to LA with him. You know, it's like, it's that weird, like, Oh wait, you skate. I'm not very good at skating. Oh, you take photos but you understand skating. So, you know, not to get like a butt shot and not to get like, you know, it's like a, a, enough of like, you've looked at enough skate photos in magazines. And I just had like one lens. I had a hundred millimeter lens, which is the worst at, at that point. You know, everyone was shooting with the fisheye, oh, okay. like super yeah. wide angle. And this is like a telephoto lens. So I'm like shooting from the <laughs> other side of the, I had no idea. I didn't know. I'm like, God, how do they get those skate photos to look like that? Uh, like, Mine just looked like so different. And then they're like, well, yeah, you have to get different lenses, dummy. <laughs> but what a great way to learn, to yeah. learn a lesson the hard way sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, now, yeah you're not going to forget. Well, what no, I mean, the, and the photos turned out good, but I was like, you know, standing across. But the interesting thing is that later on when I ended up shooting some stuff, like with Chris Patras and Daniel Shimizu, it's a couple of years ago, like everything that I shot was with this long telephoto lens. And that I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I, this is how I started shooting skateboarding like 25 years ago, when I had the wrong lens, and now it's the right lens. Oh, that's amazing! Oh, like that was just what looked good. That was sort of what they were wanting to use, or that was that yeah. It's just like, I, or it's more the style that okay. I shoot. I don't really shoot like super wide angle stuff, and so yeah. it, it was kind of I was shooting stuff in my style that I shoot other stuff in. But that's I mean, incredible. people still shoot like that now. It's it was a little less back then. Um, but then once people started up the, upping their like camera equipment game when there was a little bit more money, then you'd see like people shooting with Hasselblads, like medium format cameras, or or um, yeah, they'd shoot with telephoto lenses and like those big kind of sports lenses. Got it. Got and you it. Get. But um, that's amazing. But back then it wasn't. Yeah. That's. Um, I was just thinking too what you were what you were saying. You know that that way of Ray. You know, kind of breaking down sort of what skate culture is. You know that everybody kind of has a place in it. You know what I mean? Depending what you have right. to give to it, even if you're not just the person on the board. That there is. You know, you need music. You need art. You need photos. You need video. You need marketing or whatever. You know, all these other places, manufacturing, organizing, organizing. Like, I feel like that's one thing. Like skate culture really has always had is that sort of everybody's sort of celebrated or there's a set of, you know, the skills that kind of go throughout that sort of culture for. It. And I feel like yeah. that was, that was something that for me growing up, not being a very good skater and having a kind of gnarly injury, you know, early on as a young person, it was just like, all right, well, I still value this culture and still value the sport, but I don't, I'm not going to be able to be the person on the board. And so, yeah. you know, b being anywhere in the periphery of it from, you know, making music and, you know, having, having music used in a skate video it was just like ah this is such a huge thing it's amazing because it but it felt like it 
it was just something, it was just different. It was just different than other stuff. And it just felt like, oh, cool. Now I'm contributing or I'm giving back to something. And I think that always felt like part of sort of the unspoken sort of rule of it is, is like the celebration of how do you give back to a culture that, you know, you, you've gotten so much from. There's a part of it yeah. that feels like it's an ego thing. Oh, I want to be in the magazines or I want to do something. Or I want to shoot photos or I want to do, you know, to get the, the kind of the ego boost from it. But I think there's also something just that it's about like, you know, just playing a role in it, just being involved yeah. in whatever way you can. I think that's part of it. Well, and I think the ego boost part is okay too. I think those are the things that push, like it gives you the, the, like a little bit of a push to go, um, something to strive for, to be like, okay, that, that, that'll be like a step. Like I want to have a photo in Thrasher or I want to have a, I want to have a song on a video. I mean, like, especially as a kid, like I feel like so many times that you're just trying to um, relive the idea of what an adult would be like, <laughs> being an adult would be like when you were a kid. It was like, I remember getting my, like a first photo on a cover of a magazine and seeing it at, at a music stand and just going, Fuck. Oh, wait, that's like a real thing. I remember looking at these and like, just going, I don't know. I I wouldn't even, be able to explain one thing about how a magazine is made or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so there are those steps to be like, you just want to give a high five to like the 12 year old you totally like, right. Hey buddy, we did it just for today, <laughs> just for today. But we won. We did it. Yeah, we got it. And then I feel like that was, I mean, that's how we used to get all of our music back then as like uh, skate videos and snowboard videos. Totally. Right. It's like all of it. You'd see some band and you'd instantly go, well, I'm, Going to get a white zombie tape today, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> As we, I remember that. That was the big like snowboard video. Like snowboard music, obviously, is much different. It's a lot of pop punk and um, metal ish. No, I Weird think that metal nineties. That has its place in skate culture too. Yeah, I remember getting yeah. John Spencer Blues Explosion from uh, at, oh, at right. Templeton's part in Heavy Metal. He uh, skated yeah. that song, uh, Bell Bottoms. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to Rhino Records in Claremont and like looking for something called a John Spencer Blues Explosion. I was like, I don't yeah. know if that's a man's name. I know if, yeah. it's, a, if, it's, a, if it's a band. <laughs> it's a thing. I saw it on the yeah. credits, you know, like this is what it is. And I went and yeah. bought that tape. And it was the, the time, you know, the early so 90s when I, you know, you could buy a tape of the thing and blown away. Yeah. Loved it. Fell in love with the band, you know, but yeah. I would never have known them if it wasn't from that video or, you know, yeah, from that part. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I think all of that stuff, it's like, so many people learned photography from like Glenn Friedman's photos or Atiba's photos, or, you know, it's like you look at that, you see their name and then you see it a thousand times and then you go back or like Cole Barish, who's a big snowboard photographer. And he did these iconic, amazing photos and then um, met him later in life. And then was like, Oh my God, wait, when you were taking those photos, you were like 16. He was a he was a really young kid, and then and now he's a big art photographer. I mean, beautiful work, but his whole thing was was coming from that kind of like blue collar. Like, all right, where are we going today? Where are we shooting? Let's call all the guys. Let's get people. Let's look at the weather. Let's you know. And I think that that comes from, I think the skateboarding thing too, is similar because it's not that expensive to make a skateboard. It's hard to sell them, but you know, to make like 50 skateboards is like oh, a couple hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. And so I think that the barrier for entry too, for someone who 
has a good mind for organizing things in business and figuring out how to actually sell it, the barrier to entry to actually making the product, it's like making t-shirts or whatever. It's like the barrier, barrier to entry is not very expensive or whatever, however you would say it's that. Not the very barrier high. is, the ver- the, yeah, the, the barrier is not well. high. But what do you do with it once you have it? How do you, but then you have it? to know how to sell it. And if you can do that, if you can be creative on that or know what the, you know, whatever, know the people and know who you're selling to and all that stuff. Totally. And I think that's the artistic, that's what locks all of those things together. The photo and photo music and skateboarding is like, how do we figure out how to sell this stuff? So we don't have to have nine to five jobs for as long as possible. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's, that's interesting too. Just like the, if you look at, I don't know why this stuff never like comes across like in a business way in my mind, you know, I mean, it's just, the, it's the kid brain of me still, but like the photo of the skater on the board is put in a magazine as an ad, right? It's like there's, there's ad spaces bought and sold by the magazine by Thrasher. And then you see that and then you go, Oh, I want to buy that board. Like in my mind, yeah. that's just, it's still content of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the, the next page is that a, a, a picture very similar, but that's not paid for. That's considered, yeah. you know, uh, editorial, you know, yeah. whatever you'd call it. And, but the ads themselves are, you know, but, and the same thing with the video, it's like the videos ultimately, you know, I think you used to buy the videos. Now it's all just, you know, streaming stuff, but you see yeah. the video and the song and the clothes and the vibe and the cut and the edit, the filmmaking experience, the whole thing is expresses a, a, you know expresses a vibe whatever that is if it's you know this is intense this is fun this is loose this is whatever that the creative sort of content is but then ultimately that's all used to then connect to the to the buyer who's the kid yeah and say and they bug their mom and say buy me this yeah. day one song cool. or they buy me this you know whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> buy me this I wanna, i'm i'm trying to like channel this uh, energy channel this this skater into my life so, i mean i, yeah. I I think that that's, um, yeah, I think it's a super interesting way to look at it, to think like, how are you creating? It's like you're creating this culture. And I think the other thing that came across in the interview was was that, you know, him and Ed Templeton and Pastris and Jason Lee, like all these people that are, so important to the culture of skateboarding. Some of it is about skateboarding, the reason why they're still around. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, I remember that. Or it's about skateboarding. Some of it is about a trick that people remember or like, oh, I remember when the, I saw this one photo. But the majority of it is from their um, kind of like embrace of this like freedom and creativity that people look at more now and they're still relevant as older gentlemen, you know, who aren't skating, who aren't jumping down, you know, alling down 10 stairs and doing all the, like trying to um, doing impressive skateboarding things that they're more of like, no, I like that. I just, that person's vibe for the last 20 years is what I love. So I'm like, now I'm attached to Ray Barbie's vibe. Right, you know, and that's why he's important because he kept it going the whole time, and is like, nope, I still have the same vibe as when I was a kid, and I'm still like, like he could not get on a skateboard ever again, and people, it would, he would still be the same person with the same vibe and the same, 
and and still be known for everything that he did, but also everything that came at the vibe of him that came out of that. Yeah. Kind of reach that legendary or legends, you know, sort of status. Yeah. And I feel like those are those people in skateboarding that kind of make it past the, the technical part. They just have a vibe. Right. There's a contribution to the culture that goes beyond just the technical sort of aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And and then yeah and then, then yeah and the music world of it all too I loved how it was really just his story was so much about through skateboarding he found you know music like not only music to hear but music to play there was like you know instruments just you know laying around after a skate session you know and being able to pick stuff up and play with other bands like hey we have a band we should you know we should play yeah well and that's what I think that idea of of um... I feel like that a lot of artists and musicians have taken over the place of what would have been pirates. I know I kind of (laughs) said this before, but that like, what's over there? I'm going to go over there and try to figure out how to make money to be over there. Yeah. And this like, why are you doing that? No idea. (laughs) I have no idea why I'm like, there's the part of me that's like, I just really don't want a job. How do I find a way (laughs) To, I probably will end up working way more hours than I would ever work at a job. Yeah. But something about that freedom of being able to just pick up and go. And I think that skateboarding also like a, such a big part of skateboarding when you're young is the tour, like going on tour, finding new spots, traveling around the world and finding all these other kids who skate in all these other places and like, you know, giving stuff away, getting them hyped on you like making fans, like all of that kind of stuff is so similar, you know, with music of like, well, let's just get in the car and see how many people show up at this next place. <laughs> yeah. We told them about it. And it's very like, I just always thought of like, you know, in the past there were a lot more pirates. There were a lot more people like put the ships out. Let's, let's go like kill a bunch of people. And now it's, <laughs> now it's like, let's put the ships out and let's like see if we can sell a bunch of stuff so we don't have to work anymore this month yeah. you know yeah. but really like sell a bunch of stuff so we can pay for the fact that we get to tour around and meet all these people and skate all these spots and yeah yeah well i think that's a big it's probably a big motivator and that sort of that hyphenate sort of lifestyle you know what i mean this idea of just like why do all these different things and i think that finding kind of identifying that motivating factor or that that sort of the the motor that drives somebody to pick pick up so many different sort of skill sets and so it's hard to identify at times right it's just that kind of like i don't know it just sounds good it feels like the right thing to do it seemed exciting seemed cool yeah yeah well and i and i think a lot of the people i'm just thinking of even other artists not skateboarders that have that staying power is because they chose to do multiple things in the same um with the same feeling and passion, but didn't just stick like, here's a guy that just paints a happy face and he just is only going to paint happy faces for his whole life. And I never really respond to those people. I always respond to the person who's like, here's the happy faces. Here's the music that goes along with the happy faces. Here's the video (laughs) I made to go along with the music that goes along with the happy faces. And then here's the installation that we made to go on tour with the happy face. I mean, that to me, it just seems like, yeah, that's what I'm, 
that's what I really respond to. I love that. I mean, I always like, always equate, you know, it's like uh, Sonic Youth. It's like, are you Sonic Youth or are you Green Day? You know, it's like both successful, both like have their own lane, but like, you know, or whatever, you know, Sonic Youth could always put out whatever record they wanted. Like they could put out an acoustic record, then they could put out a noise record, then they could put out pop songs. And everyone's like, yeah, that's what they do. They do whatever they want. Whereas like you get a Green Day or whatever, any other band like that, that you're like, these are good songs. And and you know exactly what the next album is probably going to sound like too, you know? And you'd be bummed and there's that way to go like too. Yeah, if, if it deviates Way more far. money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way more money going that way. Yeah. You'll but like- I think like this, the staying power or the kind of like, or, a, or maybe like a more kind of diverse audience or being able to kind of open yourself up to be like as an artist or a creative, like it's probably harder at first to do that because people are going, wait, I thought you were a photographer. Now you're a musician. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's going on? Where are you putting your energy? But then if you keep doing both of those things for a long amount of time, then people go, oh, we want you for a photo show or your band could play too. Or, you know, like maybe you could do music for this thing. Or I think that that's like such a better long-term kind of strategy for being able to create until you're dead. Yeah. I mean, I think they're like the, you know, in the platforming sort of era of like social media, I think things have been, you know, these are what people call brands now. It's part of your, yeah. it's on brand or it's off brand. It's, it's part brand. of your brand, right. right? You know, like, but those definitely weren't terms that I think we came up came up you know came through having that sort of idea or world building like oh you just there's a lot of world building here (laughs) but it's all on brand and but i think but but again i think you know it's it's an interesting sort of way of looking at that sort of idea of exploration versus um excavation you know what i mean or it's like i'm going here to sell things i'm just going looking for raw material to sell versus like i'm just going here to see what happens you know the sort of the motivation of that sort of world of the world building or sort of where you go but i think a lot of it it has to do with authenticity or just sort of the the passion that the person has for it you know i mean when you can tell that somebody's super passionate about a thing whether they're good at it or not you know what i mean i think it sort of allows you gives you a certain sort of leeway like oh cool what's the deal where are they going what's the story with this if you're a certain kind of audience person or you know, young person, like I just think, you know, like seeing Ed Templeton's paintings early on, you know, and kind of be right. like, Oh, that's weird. But you know, if you're a certain kind of person, like I was like, I like this guy even more. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a, you right. know, he's a skater. And then look at that. Look at, look at that. I think that's his wife naked. Okay. This yeah. is something different, you know, and this is so, weird. Yeah. yeah. But it's sort of, I think, but I think it connected more to what my head was doing where it's like, I'm having fun skating, but I would like to go to a museum or listen to weird music or find a creative sort of juice of, you know, something else off the board or that those things would kind of all, you know, come together in certain kind of ways, you know, the cacophony of like being on a skateboard and being chaotic and falling and flailing there and then having a soundtrack that kind of, you know, match that sort of tempo or even something that was the, the wind down period after or something, you know, it was all of those trying to try to just fill your life with things that I don't know, it just made it feel like the life you want that reflected your, in, your inner sort of monologue. Right. I think that's a lot of what those like kind of identity, identity journeys you know as a young as a person in your you know in your teens you know you're just looking yeah. for you just sort of define your outside world to reflect something that you're feeling on the inside 
You know, it's, it's, it's a form of expression that you're not really consciously thinking of. And, you know, when you ask, why do you like that? Why are you wearing this? What are you doing? I mean, as a father of teenagers now, I mean, you must have some, some you know, semblance of that sort of thing. Like, what is good? But you also go, oh, it's weird. I'm not going to ask. Yeah. That's what you're, it's, okay, <laughs> cool. Now we got, now we got nose rings. Now we got yeah. uh, that color t-shirt. Okay. You know. <clears throat> Dad, have you ever heard of the band Corn? <laughs> that was last week. Nice. So like. Uh, I have. You've heard of the band Corn? Oh, yeah. I got these great songs. How much scatting are we going to have around the house now? Well, I, I mean, but this it brings up a funny point, too, because then you have, uh, like, I have all of these ideas of, say, with Corn, of this, they're like radio rock, they go with Limp Biscuit. They go, they're, they're part of this genre that was like post metal, whatever it was called. Yeah. New metal. I don't remember what it was. With new metal. Yeah. Yeah. New, new <laughs> metal. And then, and then she's like, no, there's some, there's, let me play this song. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then she plays me the song. I'm like, this is corn. Huh? It's like, yeah, it's this blah, blah, blah. And it was not one of the radio songs. I'm like, that's pretty good. This is like a metal song. This is like a, and then she's like, and then Towns comes home. Two days later, have you ever heard of the band Slipknot? <laughs> there we go. And I was like, I have. You've heard of the band Slipknot, huh? And he's like, yeah. And then he plays me a song, and I was like, this is Slipknot. <laughs> Whoa, the this is a good song. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like having to like put it, put away all my. But it's funny though because they don't have uh, they don't have any sense of time, right? And no sense of history because. Everything exists in the same place on the same box. So wow. you don't ever have to really go, like you don't have to go to the punk record store to get a punk thing. And you don't have to go, like which I never would go because I was always scared of the record store. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go in there. They're going to think I'm a total loser. <laughs> I'm going to try to get a record from my friend because I don't want to go ask if they've heard of a band Slint. <laughs> Because right, right. I heard my friend was playing it, but I don't want to look like an idiot, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to go through that. Like, you're just like, oh, this, this is good. And it, and it becomes all about a vibe. So then they make these playlists on Spotify or whatever. And then it's, it's all vibe. It's like, this is my morning songs. And it'll be metal. It'll be 50s songs. It'll be Aussie. It'll be 80s hair metal songs. But then when you listen to them, like, oh, it's a vibe. <laughs> and she, and every once in a while, she's like, she's like, Dad, I don't. She's really into Radiohead right now, so she's listening to a lot of Radiohead. But she's like, I don't know what Radiohead looks like. Ooh. And then I'm like, oh, what do you think they look like? She's like, I kind of have an idea. And then she looked at them, and she's like, This is what Radiohead <laughs> looks like. Wait, how old are they? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, but it was like I was like, oh no, that's new. She's like, Tom York is so old. I'm like, well, when this <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> because I'm like, well, he's like in his fifties now. Yeah, yeah. But like when this was done, here's when they were younger, oh, and he's, she's like, they still look old when they're younger. I'm like, oh, that's so weird. But that's they don't. Amazing. She has no idea. Like I remember, she got into an an Aussie song, and it was like don't cry or something. One of those radio songs from the nineties. And, um, but she had no idea. She didn't know who he was. Oh my God. (laughs) It's cool. It's probably a good place to wrap up. up, But but no, she, but, but she had no, she had no sense of who this person was. So I'm like, Oh, here, this is Ozzy Osbourne. And she's like, 
What the fuck? Wait a second. He looks like this, like metal. I'm like, yeah, Ozzy's metal. She's like, Dad, these songs aren't metal. It doesn't sound that. And then I played him, and I was like, Oh yeah, 80s and 90s Ozzy is like radio songs. Yeah, it's not metal at all. And I would always think like rock ballads. Ozzy, of course, it's like he's a metal guy. Well, the question even goes back to Black Sabbath. Like, is Black was Black Sabbath? You know, the, the fathers of metal. They're kind of a blues band. They're kind of a pub yeah. rock, you know, sort of boogie woogie band that, you know. The, yeah. yeah. With distortion. Yeah. Just a little slower. <laughs> right, right. That slowed the whole thing down. But no, it is it is funny that that um that it really has like the kids are just into vibe now. That's and it cool. doesn't really like a lot of it doesn't really matter of like I mean, there's still the people like, oh, do you like Taylor Swift? Not, <laughs> you know, whatever. Those the big people are still that, but everything else is like, she's like Fugazi songs and metal songs and fifty songs, right next to each other. And to her, it's the same thing. It doesn't. She doesn't have like a vibe of what what punk is or what metal is or what yeah, because it, it all just exists or what time is like. Oh, this is a fifties song like. It's all. It's like post post um, monoculture sort of you know um, blend blenders or you know or you blend anything yeah. you want. It's like it's your your post. Totally. There's no real one culture, so you just have this like detris and this like archive of the last hundred years of culture that you yeah. can sort of comb through and sort of find your own sort of junkyard sort of amalgamation or collage or pastiche of like. Like I said, it's a vibe. It's a feeling, you know, and it's yeah. all out there. I think everyone's archived everything to death, and there's a million photos, and it all exists online. You can access anything at any time with film, yeah. film, photos, video, music. It's like all out there for you to consume. So it's sort of up to you to be your own curator and find yeah. your own sort of like your play, yeah, playlist vibe. Try not to get overwhelmed. That's incredible. That's incredible. I love it. Okay. That's a good place to stop. Okay. Well, thank you once again, everybody for tuning in. Uh, We will be back in uh, two weeks talking about uh, the next hyphenate guest. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Well, we'll see you then. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Also, I want to thank our podcast partner and swell dudes over at Ruinous Media. You can subscribe to Hyphenate and other music podcasts over at ruinousmedia.com slash hyphenate.